lots to talk about. Um, I'm sure that myself and the rest of the Crowcast crew and everyone in the audience will have tons to say about the terrible loss this week. So without any further ado, why don't we just crack straight in, shall we? Welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap. Uh, a terrible, terrible weekend uh, for the Adelaide Crows, but uh, never mind, we're still here and uh, we're still kicking along. So uh, joining me tonight, uh, welcome back, Macca. How are you going, Mac? Yeah, uh, no, as I said, I said to you, I'll start uh, off air. I've got shingles at the moment, but, you know, that's where you sent these like, rotten little things to try us and we'll just box on. <laughs> that's right. Oh, never mind. Uh, so you'll be nice and grumpy then tonight. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not grumpy. I was bloody grumpy on Friday night. But, oh, um... Friday night was terrible. Terrible. Mate, I haven't seen us play that bad or get coached that bad for a long, long time. But anyway, let's not jump the gun. G'day to everyone who's joined us on Discord in the live audience there. We've got a good, uh, what's that, eight there, and I'm sure there'll be more. Don't forget, we are interactive, so if you've got something to say, and I'm sure there'll be one or two that'll have something to say, Macca, tonight, uh, stick your virtual hand up in the live studio audience and uh, we'll be happy to bring you on. Uh, Of course, there's plenty of chat going in the live show chat channel as well as on YouTube, so get around it, and thanks to everyone who has joined us. Right, no Nikki this week. Uh, she was one of the lucky ones, Mac, and uh, didn't actually watch the game on Friday night, so she didn't think her uh, <laughs> she didn't think her opinion would be uh, valid. Well, you know, we did watch the game, and I think she was the lucky one. Yes, yeah, it is possibly the most horrible game I've watched. Well, it is the most horrible game I've watched from the Crows team for many a long time. You yeah. did make an opening remark about uh, uh, also rotten coaching, and we'll obviously delve into that too because yeah. I totally agree with you. It was a poorly played, poorly coached effort, and it was so horrific. bad you couldn't have done it if you tried. Even 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 if we were trying, yeah, it was horrific. But uh, Macca, uh, as always, before we get into the uh, Crows related stuff. We do like to give you your 15 minutes of fame. Um, well, let's and do it. why should today be any different? So uh, let's just cook into Macca's 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> Macca's <laughs> beloved you, weekend results wrap up. Don't blame me, you asked for it. Macca, <laughs> let's get into it. So we had, apart from our uh, stupid game, uh, we had the power getting shown up again for the pretenders that they are uh the power uh 8755 to the demons 12 14 86 a margin in the end of 31 points to the d's well as you quite rightly said pretenders not contenders and uh you might remember uh, kenny making a remark at the beginning of the year we're coming yeah. and I think he may well have, he may well have been when he said it <laughs> <laughs> 
Family show, mate. Come on. Family show. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, that's the only thing that's been true about it. Um, he is. Um, but, uh, coming back to the game, Melbourne were just too classy. And it just showed that Port, are they're not a bad side, but they just don't have those really outstanding classy players. They don't have a Petrarca or they don't have a Gorn. Um mm. Or, or an Oliver, or like that. Those that class of player, and uh, poor Alia Alia, the poor bastard. He he was doing well set up back, so he got sent into the ruck and he got sent to centre half forward. And uh, yeah. um, and I thought, you know, that that was coaching uh, at its worst. I thought, um, uh, yeah. It was, one thing I was really sad about was Butters because I I do like him as a player, and yeah. uh, you hate to see a. Uh, a good player like that go down, and I yeah. wish him a quick recovery. But I think you know, is it only well, meniscus, or it's not an ACL, is it? It's only four to six weeks. They said. Oh, it's been cut back to that. Has it? I thought it was a, a PCL, but you're probably right. Um, yeah, yeah well, PCLs these days are about six weeks. Well, that's what they, they were talking six weeks, but yeah, okay. Uh, anyhow. Uh, uh, I think Port had just got showed by Melbourne, because don't forget Melbourne was visiting. Uh, Port had yeah. the home ground. They all held up their bloody scarves and sang their songs. And, and, but they're not quite there. They're just not there. And, and I don't think they will get there because I, they've got I, some I, old players. You know, I find your love for the power touching, Mac. I really do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, the next game. Uh uh, Hawthorne uh, showing why they will be our main contenders for pick two, <laughs> going down in a screaming heap against Frio. Frio 16-12-108 to uh, Hawthorne 6-10-46, a margin of just over 10 goals to the Dockers. Look, I swear you're reading my opening lines every time. That's exactly <laughs> Sorry, what I've written mate. down here. Great mind. Yeah, and yeah. But you can, you can smell a, a bit of tanking going here, surely. Or yeah. is it the... Uh, Indecision between who's coach and who isn't coach, I don't know. But uh, they were terrible. I mean, when you get a team like Fremantle making you look stupid, when they are playing down in uh, Tasmania where they've never gone well before, uh, I think it was a great effort by uh, Hawthorne to tank as well as they did. Um, (laughs) Nothing much much to say about Hawthorne to like. The only only thing I did like about them was uh, they picked a lad up... um, in the uh, pre-season draft, he played very, very well. Um, got his name at the moment, but he he was uh, probably one of their highlights. But uh, no, the the, the, the Fremantle Rucks and Rovers Fife, Monday, 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 and Sarong far too good, far too good. Yep. So no, nothing to like about Hawthorne, nothing. No, nothing at all. Uh, uh, nothing to, at all for them to be down in uh, seven eighth spot either. Um, Oh, one thing about the, another knee, uh, young uh, Gas uh, knee. He uh, yeah, yeah. went off with. You know, I do hope he isn't too badly hurt because I do like watching him play. Yeah, no, uh, don't like to see anyone get injured actually. Um, and just on the Hawthorne game too, if anyone gets a chance, get on, uh, get on one of the socials and search up um, Poppy's uh, hangar. In the SANFL, uh, Hawthorne could have done with a bit of that action. It took an absolute belting mark uh, macker in the uh, in the sandful for Norwood uh, on the weekend. So uh, people, if they're interested, go and uh, hunt that up on socials. It's fantastic. 
All right. Uh, we have uh, Geelong, 10, 10, 72, Carlton, 5, 14, 44, a margin there of 26. Uh, pretty average game. Workman light by the Cats. Not much to talk about there, really. <laughs> you are really well, Lawrence. Uh, ter- <laughs> I just said terribly scrappy game and um, horrible. Very few, very few highlights. Plenty of low lights. Carlton, I think, was it one twelve or one thirteen at one stage. Yeah, um, stupid. Uh, Carlton's defence is pretty good. They, they, they went, but really, at the, long, at the end of the day, unless your name started with W, Walsh and Wietering, there wasn't much to like about Carlton at all. And as you said, Geelong, there wasn't much to really like about them. Uh, they just did what they had to do, and uh, yeah, not much of a game. Yeah, when you spend so much money on top end players uh, as Carlton have, you end up getting found out for depth, and I reckon that's where they're at at the moment. Their fringe players, their last ten or twelve on their on their list are no good whatsoever, and it's always left to too few in that in that team, in my opinion. Very much so. All right, we had a bit of an upset. Uh, next, the Saints, after being written off after their lacklustre game a couple of weeks ago, just come storming back now. Um, 32-point winners over the Lions, 14-11-95 to Brisbane, 8-15-63. The Lions would be terribly disappointed with that. Massively so. Um, if I remember right, it wasn't us who touched up St Kilda? Yep. No, and, we didn't uh, touch I mean, them up. We came back from the dead, remember? Well, I meant by that that we beat them. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I say, I say Kudok, they, they were never going to lose this game. Um, well, it was a bit of a contest up until half-time, and again, sadly, another ACL in this game, Hitwood. Yep. And, uh, but uh, I thought That's a blow to them, played. too. That's a blow to Deep them. One. That's a big yeah, blow, too, Hitwood. Very much so, because they had the two tools up there with Hitwood mm. there. Yep. Which meant it makes it very difficult to uh, defend. But when there's only one, you can do that a lot better. Yeah. But uh, I thought St Kilda played very uh, high pressure footy and they uh, dominated the midfield. Um, Steel was outstanding. Dunstan, who you know that the ACL stopped that trade, which would have got us uh, picked two. Um, and Dunstan would have been good for us because he is playing fantastic football at the moment. Yes. Um, and uh, as I said, Brisbane matched them for a half, but they got really touched up in the second half. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think pathetically so. Uh, but given them uh, the fact they, you know, they're playing for a top four spot. And uh, yeah, I, th- I thought they were very, very disappointing, really, in the long run. And uh, it's, it's strange at the moment. Teams that can have the opportunity perhaps to seal up a top four spot. Mm. Or, or a top eight top spot. Eight. Yep. Yeah, they just they just fail every time if it's, yeah. if it's too much of a task. I just but think anyhow. it shows. I just think it shows how close the competition is. And even though we're only a couple of weeks out from the bye, um, I think teams are really struggling. We had um, Chris Scott come out whinging about the length of the game. We can piss off with that, but I think it is indicative of the fact that teams at this point in the season uh, really go into injury management mode and. Uh, you know, uh, the injury sheet obvious, uh, uh, often doesn't tell the full story. There's blokes carry, carrying niggles and blokes that are just a bit heavy-legged and, you know, it does show up in games like this, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, it is a long season because uh, last year was only a 17-game uh, uh, season and, and broken up into two stages and uh, on top of that they were shorter quarters and 
now we're back to what we normally used to play and uh, yeah, perhaps some of the people, some of the players are not quite as prepared as they should be. Stupid call by Chris Scott. I don't want to go back to bloody 10 goal games every week, um, which was basically the norm last year because of the shorter quarters. I don't, I don't want that. Uh, because it, what actually tends to happen is with the longer quarters, there's usually quite a few goals scored in that because players are tired, defenders are tired, and all of a sudden you uh, uh, get some goals scored. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, uh, the Giants uh, squandering an opportunity to uh, get into that top eight, uh, going down by a point to a very gallant Suns team. Giants 9-10-64 to the Suns 10-5-65. Yep, and unfortunately another ACL with Greenwood who went down in the first minute of play with mm. it. Um, played at bloody Ballarat of all places, freezing cold. Apparently I think it was about six degrees. And, that, and the wind was so bloody strong blowing across the ground. They only played in a sliver of the oval just uh, on one... If you look at it long ways, on one half of the oval. Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, it made it into a pretty drab-looking game. But I will say this. The Gold Coast all of a sudden have found some uh, fight. GWS, as always, have got so much talent, but they tend to squander. Uh, Lockie Whit- uh, Whitfield going down was a, a real blow for them. And it my is. bloody dream team. He's so um, important to them, Macca, Whitfield. Uh, well, the ball in hand with Whitfield is probably the best thing you can have in your team because yep. he generally finds a player or sets up a decent bit of play. So yeah. that that is a bit of an excuse. But uh, I have to say, looking at that at the Gold Coast, they have become a lot more desperate than they have been. At times when we were really slagging them early in the year, they looked like they were just going through the motions. And uh, Pete Miller, he just keeps going. He's like a bloody machine. Uh, Lacocious, uh He's definitely worth having a crack at. I wouldn't worry about Rankin, but Lacocious had played very well. Um, but, yeah, it was an upset, but um, at the end of the day, I, I didn't think GWS played as well as they could have or should have, and I thought that uh, Gold Coast used the ball a little, little bit better than they did. I'll tell you what, Mac, you're a betting man, um, and if the Suns win a couple more, I would be putting a lazy 20 on Took Miller for the Chaz. Oh, I think he's got to be a great... He just keeps knocking up the points. and They've just got to win enough games for him. Yeah, so that they can get threes instead of twos. Yep. Yep. Good point. Um, uh, Parrish, obviously, is a go. Bontempelli, a few others. But Took Miller's flown under a lot of people's radars. He just keeps dominating for that team. Um, And if they, as I said, if they win a couple more and uh, sort of break even or thereabouts, I reckon he's a smoky. Certainly top three in my in my view. Yep, I would agree with you. Yep. Um, now, we had another upset uh, of sorts. Um, the Sydney Swans uh, just... You've got to hand it to the Swans. They just keep turning up, don't they? 11-13-79 to the Bulldogs, 8-12-60, a margin in the end of 19 points. And... We all thought the Swans were going to be the most vulnerable team in the eight. Well, it hasn't turned out that way, has it? No, it hasn't. And I must admit, I think this was probably the most watchable game of all the games played over the weekend. Um, in terms of the quality of football that was played, um, you know, two very good quality teams. Um, they played slightly differently. The Dogs, a lot of handball, a lot of uh, lateral movement, whereas the Swans uh, were very, very... 
uh, hard running and, and tried to get the ball moving yep. into their forward lines as quickly as possible. Yep. So it was a bit of a contrast in the way that they played the game. Um, and it did work out that they, on the day, uh, their, their method worked a little bit better. Um, the dogs were handicapped by the lack of their full forward. I've just forgotten his name. Um, uh, the high flyer. Norton, yeah, no Norton, and uh, could have yep. been the difference between the two sides if he'd played, but he wasn't there, so... I don't think uh, he's a match winner, though, Mac. I, I thought Western Bulldogs would dominate this game on the, in, through the midfield, but I tell you what, the Sydney Swans, even even though they're, they're young to some extent, they still have a very, very experienced midfield with Parker and JPK and those blokes, and uh, talent around the edges with Heaney, etc. And, uh, you know, they're... They're handling their, um, yeah. They're they're handling their. Um, I wouldn't even call it a rebuild, but just a maybe a rejuvenation. Really, really well up there, in my opinion. Well, you described it perfectly when we were talking earlier, and you actually corrected me at one stage there that when I was talking about rebuilding, you, you said they've got a lot of still got a lot of experienced players. Well, you are right, and they they actually it is a rejuvenation rather than a rebuild. And it's working like a charm because, I mean, they played fantastic football today against a team that is a good good footy team. And as I said, I enjoyed the game thoroughly. Yeah. Um, every time that the Dogs looked like making a charge at the Sydney, they were good enough to uh, absorb that. And maybe mm. they might have a goal or two kicked against them. They'd come back and they'd get a goal or two themselves. And um, really, Bulldogs were never going to win it. That Sydney just always had their measure. And it was a great game to watch. And... Yeah. Uh, I know that there's been word that we're interested in trying to get Jordan De- uh, uh, Dawson. Mm. Christ, I'd love to get hold of the ball. I mean, he's yeah. playing a halfback, playing, and he kicked three goals himself. Yeah. Don't, don't, know, don't know whether player. it's doable, but I'd love to have him. Love to have him. Um, and uh, Richmond are just about done. Are we calling it on Richmond? I reckon they're just about done. The Pies getting up by 16 points, 13.987 to Richmond, 11.571. Uh, are they done, Mac? Absolutely done. Um, I mean, this you can you can make excuses every week, and Harvard comes out. And he's always got some pathetic little excuse, and uh, no, they 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 had Collingwood at their mercy. But in the last quarter, Collingwood have kicked seven goals to one, yeah. run all over them. That, yeah. Which, fortunately for me, was the only quarter of that game I really got a clear look at, and yeah. uh, uh, I was barracking for Collingwood because I'm very anti-Richmond, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, because what they did in 2017 and onwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've had their turn, and I think their turn has come and gone, and I think the dynasty is over. Yeah, I'm pretty much prepared to call it. The only uh, the only caveat, I guess, is that um, a lot of the teams around that 7th and 8th spot aren't, aren't making every post a winner at the moment. GWS are failing me. I think, I think Essendon are the ones. Uh, I really think that they'll end up um, in the eight, uh, and Frio are the other ones, I think. Well, you know, I was thinking to myself after the weekend, after our team, we, we're in, a, in the middle of a rebuild, and they're in the middle of a rebuild, but they are so far, they're light years in front of us with their rebuild when you look at their, their team. Yeah. Yes, um, light, light years. Yeah. And, well, they probably started a year or two ahead of us too, back. so... Um, they they yeah, did, they did. Enough. Looking at the ladder, uh, Melbourne stay on top. Uh, 52 points, a game clear of Western Bulldogs and Geelong on 48 points. Brisbane 
in the four on 44, uh, Port fifth on 44, Sydney alone on 40 in six, Fremantle and West, uh, West Coast Eagles uh, on 32 in the eight, West Coast obviously playing as we speak, uh, St Kilda out of the eight on 32 points, uh, but certainly coming home strong, GWS faltering on 30, uh, Essendon, uh, my team on the rise, I reckon, 28 points, but uh, was that a game clear? A game short of the eight. Uh, Richmond also on twenty-eight, but uh, heading the other way in twelfth spot. Carlton not look looking, uh, not looking like it on twenty-four points, along with the Suns who are improving. Collingwood with a good win uh, get above us on twenty points. Uh, we're on sixteenth on twenty. Hawthorne on sixteen points in seventeenth, and North of course playing at the moment too on ten points, likely to stay on ten. Um, obviously, uh, we need to uh, we need to do something about Hawthorne Macker if we're going to be any chance of Mister uh, Mister Horn. Exactly, and but how the hell are we going to do? it? Because I'm sure they've got the same idea. Oh, no doubt. Um, oh, we won't get we won't finish last, but uh, Hawthorne are the ones. I, I did a ladder predictor today, and I still have us finishing around about fourteenth. Um. And that's only with two more wins for the season, which I think we'll get. Um, so I think we'll be picked three to five anyway. I think you are right, actually. Uh, all right. Uh, Okie doke. So, Mac, um, why don't we just quickly start talking about um, the Adelaide-Essendon game. Of course, it was Adelaide 2 goals, nine twenty-one. our lowest ever score, Mac. Our lowest ever score came from nowhere. Came from nowhere. Uh, Essendon 11, 18, 84. Win by 63. Probably should have won by more. We pretty much locked them down for a half before we got Jacob playing that way, and Essendon just ran all over the top of us. Uh, just give me your initial thoughts. But before you do, Mac, just a reminder we've got uh, cast of thousands in the live audience tonight. So, really would love your interaction. So, if anyone's got anything they'd like to say, Please stick your hand up and we will definitely have you on tonight um, because I, I imagine there'd be a few people with uh, a point of view to share. But, Mac, in the meantime, your thoughts, mate? Well, I'll start off with selection. <laughs> when I looked at the forward line, I thought to myself, on paper, mm-hmm. that is possibly one of the worst forward lines I've ever seen an AFL team build. Yep. I just couldn't see how we were going to get goals. That was the first thing. Um Secondly, I still thought, but the one thing about this team, its brand has been that it, it gives has a hundred percent go and it yep. tries to move tries to move the ball quickly and tries to get in there and you know maybe we'll get a few goals here and there, but we won't win. Yep. But then when the game started, it it looked as if we thought we were Geelong, where we hold possession of the ball and we kick backwards and go sideways and we go nowhere and everything gets all crowded up forward and you've got no chance of getting the ball out. And I thought to myself, where did this game plan come from? This is not how we've been playing. Bloody terrible, Macca, wasn't it? Well, it was a disgrace. And I kept thinking, you can't keep playing like this because we're not, we're not talented enough, we're not qualified <laughs> to do it. This is not how we play. And uh, somebody says in the, Nick, Nick's was just limiting the damage. I'd rather have more damage and play in a style that we intend to play in the long term because this was, this was just rubbish. It was just absolute rubbish. 
I think and, it, uh, I think you're right, Mac, and we'll look at team lineups in a second. But I think you're right. It started at selection. It was a it was an extremely strange selection. But then to go in against a team who were at that stage only one above us on the table, and basically concede that the only way we were going to have a chance was to basically shut the game down and keep the ball out of their hands. I think, as a playing group, how can you buy in to that sort of a game plan? How can you buy into your coach or the coaching group basically saying, "All right, we're going to play, uh, we're going to play keepings off," because uh, basically, if Essendon get the ball in hand, we don't, we can't keep up with them. But like, how is the team going to buy into that? They're not, are they? And they didn't. No, <laughs> That's the whole no point. they didn't. You know, Nix is going on about in the presser about, oh, you know, I don't know where the lack of effort came from and all the rest of it. It came from a lack of engagement. And the lack of engagement came from the fact that they instigated a game plan that the players didn't agree with, in my opinion. Uh, why wouldn't you let our boys just go out and play instead of uh, implementing a game plan that was so defensive? At no stage in that first quarter did we show any intent to score whatsoever. The forward line were, were left with on a hiding to nothing because any time we did transition the ball, it was back to the old kick it high and long uh, into the forward 50, you know, about 40 metres out and let Essen just crash the pack. Like, it was... There, there was no part of the game at all that was good. None. No part of the game. Well, you know, we've covered selection. No good. Game plan... No good. Performance, no good. There was nothing... I mean, it, it, on, uh, numerically, it's the worst game that a, a, a Crows team has ever played and uh, it possibly is the worst t- uh, game that a, team, that a Crows team has ever played. It was... I mean, it was terrible. You know, uh, I, before we, we didn't have a goal until about the 20-minute mark, mark of the second quarter. And, and I actually was thinking we probably... We might not get one all game the way we're playing, and uh, the way that game plan we're playing wasn't designed to score. It was designed just to lose by less. You're right. You're right. At no stage did we try to kick the ball aggressive. I didn't mind. I didn't mind if they wanted to use a kick kick mark game plan, but the problem was the kick mark game plan was kick it side to side until we eventually turn it over. Uh, and everyone's out of position. There was no attempt at any stage to use the corridor. There was no attempt at any stage to kick 45s. There was no uh, attempt at any stage to try and be aggressive. It was just switch, 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 or bad disposal because everyone's so bored shitless that they, you know, their their disposal just went off and Essendon just romp it in. Anyway, look... um, uh, 1990. I see your hand there. Just before we get to you, mate, I'll just let's just quickly run through selection because it was baffling in my view. We had um, we had Luke Brown and Taylor Walker out injured, and my mm-hmm. first thought when Taylor Walker was ruled out was that Darcy Fogarty was finally going to get the keys. And, had to, and didn't even make that wasn't even considered according to the uh, emergencies. Uh, first of all, they left Billy Frampton in. But then they've, out of the blue, picked Elliot Himmelberg. So all of a sudden we've got three blokes, you know, uh, 195 or above up forward. 
um, making us extremely slow up forward um, and lacking any sort of cohesion whatsoever. We bring in Lockie Murphy, who um, had a good tackling game in the SANFL the week before, but uh, I don't think he's the type of player that can come back in after one week. And we've had a couple of young lads in the twos, Mac, in Gallant and Cook, who've been playing well for weeks now. And uh, mm-hmm. we we chose uh, the uh, the midget who likes to play tall, and uh, Ben Davis out of nowhere, <laughs> who they've been playing off half back, and who they played off half back when he came on in place of Dude, um, who was nowhere near the pace of it, and uh, was an absolute token waste of a selection because we won't see Ben Davis again. No, you're probably right. I, I just couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand any of the selection whatsoever. And, you know, it, it, I looked at the team and I just, you just knew it was going to get a, a hiding. But we didn't know it was going to change its game plan as well. Yeah. No. So, I mean, there was no, to me, there was no rhyme or reason for the, uh, for the selections. I, I couldn't make sense. We're playing at Marvel Stadium, which is a fast track. Um, you know, yes, Essendon have good tools in defence, but they've got to match up against us. We're, we're responsible for how we look up forward. And I felt it was an opportunity to bring in at least one of the two young lads in Gallant or uh, Cook, and also to allow Fogarty the opportunity to play that hit-up forward role that um, Tex has been playing all season. Why they kept Billy Frampton in, I have no idea. Now, Billy may have taken a couple of marks eventually, but by God, he gets hustled and bustled out of the, out of position a hell of a lot. And where we needed him to take marks, he just wasn't anywhere near it. So I, I, I'm not a fan no, of Billy, you, unfortunately. I hate him. I don't want him out there at all. Um, I don't mean personally to hate him, but I mean just to, don't like him being picked. Um, he played loose in defence and picked up a... You know, Billy the Goose uh, kicks down in back in defence without an opponent and made it look better. But, um, nah, he, he, he's, he's one of those unfortunate players that is, he really can dominate in the SANFL and he cannot take the next step up to the AFL. I Certainly on what we've seen so far, he he's never, ever said, I am an A-grader. Um, yeah. I think you're right, Mac. I think that's exactly where he sits because the reason is you don't ever see him double grab a mark in the twos. He is strong at the ball. He's confident. He's confident with his kicking. But when he gets to AFL level, I don't know whether it's nerves. I don't know whether it's uh, the additional pressure. I'm not quite sure. But he double takes everything. Uh, His kicking is atrocious. um, And... Uh, he looks. He doesn't look like someone who wants ball in hand, uh, having a shot at goal. Um, so him being up there as a forward with the, that sort of mindset is is just pointless. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I don't like him in the team. Have you ever watched him in the uh, SAFL? He generally takes a, a mark single grab. Yeah, but that's what I said. He, ne- he never double grabs in the tooth. And then he comes up the AFL and he never gets. A, he can't take a single grab. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether he fits himself or what. Well, I think it's a confidence thing. I actually, I think he lacks confidence at AFL level. And that's all well and good. But he's been in the system now for, what, six years? And, you know, Matthew James on YouTube says he wasn't our worst. He definitely wasn't our worst. But in terms of how we looked up forward, I don't think Billy's the answer. 
Um, no. You know, as it turned out, we didn't have Elliot up forward because he was a laid out uh, through illness. Um, but our forward line, irrespective, looked very strange. I mean, we've got Barry Tilthorpe and Frampton, along with uh, Murphy, Schoenberg and McHenry. It's just a, it's just a, a nothing forward line. And unfortunately, from Murphy and McHenry. Um, and even Barry, for that matter, we didn't get the forward pressure. But I'm willing to forgive the small forwards for that lack of inside 50 tackling number that we'll see in a minute um, because our entries didn't really penetrate beyond about 45 metres anyway, and it's very hard to defend when your forward 50 entries are so shallow. Well, we only had half the number of entries that they did for a start, yeah. so that... that supports what you're saying then on top of that the the entries were very very poor they, they were very poorly directed in the in the majority so um the uh, stats of our little guys uh, were, t- were terrible actually very yeah. very very poor but then you have to do take out into account all those other factors i still think they could have been better but uh yeah their opportunities weren't great yeah uh made all the more difficult by tom today going down um with what uh, turned out to be concussion after that brave attempt at a spoil. Um, I've got to take exception with the commentary that was questioning whether it was quote unquote smart to go back for the flight of the ball. He obviously impacted the contest. Um, you know, if he'd have pulled out of that contest, you would not have heard the end of it. And the simple fact is that that's um, that's footy courage. And uh, that's what we expect from our players. And Tom Duday never, ever backs out. And any commentator that thinks it was a dumb thing for him to go back and try and impact the contest just got has forgotten what it's like to play football, in my opinion. Yeah, well, look, I've done it, uh, Fane, and I got knocked out as well. So yeah. I, don't, I, don't th- I don't think it is a smart thing to do, quite frankly, um, because... You're not really going to achieve much out of it other than getting hurt. And, well, the impact uh, of the contest, Macca, because Tip and Woody, uh, McDonald, Tip and Woody didn't take the mark. While that's true, if he hadn't have hurt himself and gone off the ground, he would have impacted a lot more contests. And by the, what he was doing, I thought there was only one possible result, and that was he was going to get smashed, and he did. I would never bag a bloke for going back with the flight of the ball. I'm not bagging him. No, 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 I know you're not. I know you're not. I know you're not. I know you're not. It's insane courage. And as I said, I've done it, but, you know, I did it once and I got killed. (laughs) I never did it again after that. Yeah. Um, Razor makes a really good point in the chat. Uh, We're talking in hindsight. In the heat of the moment, Tom Duday and 99% of AFL players will always try to make that contest. And that's the end of it. And... uh, it's not even a conversation not even a conversation about whether it's a smart or a dumb thing um, because I reckon uh, next time he plays if he's in that situation again he'll do it again um, alright let's go to uh, a couple of our listeners so if anyone wants to have their say now's the chance and we've got 1990 Crow here who I'll just invite into the Crowcast studio how are you going 1990 thanks Phoenix how you going you got Macca? Good to hear you. Okay, uh, on again, mate. You've always got some good stuff to tell us. Oh, it was a fantastic game to watch, wasn't it? Um, I went to the game Friday night, um, all excited after having a pretty shitty week at work, and got um got there and got all ready to go. And quickly in the first half of the first quarter, I was looking around and 
everyone was going, what are we watching? <laughs> this is yeah, absolute garbage. Um, anyway, so Matthew Nix, uh, I think I've been saying all season that we've just got to be patient. Um, it's more the squad than it's him. Um, but I think Friday night was probably the first time. I, uh, I truly think I, I had some question marks over what I was watching. Um, I think uh, Thursday night selection was exceedingly poor. You've already gone through. Um, but then, yeah, the game style that we actually went with uh, Friday night was, yeah, never a chance of scoring a goal. Um, and as the game wore on, it just got worse and worse. Um, you could see the players losing confidence. And the one, th- one thing that really annoyed me was seeing Keys, Bone and Laird for 95% of the centre clearances and having Sam Barry, McHenry and Schoelberg starting at half forward. I'm oh, sure he was there for a bit because he was running with Parrish, wasn't he? Yeah, and I was going to say, uh, you're right on the others, but uh, Shui, uh, he actually attended a lot of them because um, he was running with uh, um, Parry. And he actually did a very good job on him. I'm trying to think what Parrish's, what his numbers were in the second half. They were very, very poor in the second half in particular. And I, and I, I give Shuey the honours because he, he himself had 20 possessions and Parrish only had 19. And then Parrish has been knocking up 30. So I think Schoenberg, um, he was in the mid, uh, middle quite a bit. And he, I thought he had a great game and he was very high up in our best. But... You're right about the others. They just they didn't they never got a look in. I, I like you. I'm sick and tired of seeing that same midfield three, um, which is uh, Keys, uh, Sloney, and uh, the captain. And uh, the captain doesn't seem to get the ball too much. I I just don't, he worries me actually. I, I think with Rory Sloan is it seems I think it's really selfish what's happening. To be honest, I think he's got. I an agree with that's you. Hampering. I agree with you, mate. Hundred percent agree with you. On I, that I, he needs to go off to surgery now. Yeah, he's no good, and uh, Benny Keys is labouring now as well. He's lost a little bit of zip. Uh, he's obviously got a hand injury as well. Yep. And uh, you know what is the point? Uh, what is the point in Sam Berry languishing down at full forward for ninety five percent of the game? Yeah, when I don't get it. When it's he's madness. clearly going to be one of our standout midfielders for that. Now, he may not have a tank, but can we, for the love of God, rotate him through some centre uh, clearance work, please? Even if he doesn't stay on the ball, you know, long in in general play, can we get him into the centre a bit, for God's sake? As for individuals, um, I think up forward, Blind <clears throat> Freddie could see that, that that group of six was not going to kick more than two goals. Um, <laughs> it was horrific. <laughs> um, oh, even when we even when we saw Himmelberg uh, Himmelberg go out before the game, I thought, oh, that might actually improve our chances. Um, but that's in no disrespect to to, to Himmelberg. But um, for Fogarty, I think his form obviously wasn't great, and you know that was you know fifty fifty on whether he should be dropped. But bringing in Himmelberg for him. Or, or not bringing in Darcy because he was in the sample last week was, I don't think that was the right decision. Um, you look at our forward craft um, over the last couple of months, our best group has been Walker, Phil Thorpe and Fogarty. Yep. And we really missed that lead up forward yep. um, on the weekend. 
So that was a, that was an error in my book, um, even if he's not in great form. But tell me, tell me, nineteen ninety. Yeah. Why do you uh, why do you sign a bloke uh, for another two years and then proceed not to play him? I don't have an answer for you, Phoenix. Um, I think it's there's, there's obviously stuff that they're working with Darcy, um, and they both, both parties are aware of. Um, but for whatever reason, he, he doesn't even seem to play full forward when he goes back to the SANFL, which is going to be his position at AFL level if he's going to make it. Mm. Um, so let, let's at least be consistent with where, where these guys are going if they're going to go back to the SANFL. Um, but if, you are, if you're not going to play him, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what happened. Why, why did we sign him? Yeah. Uh, Rabbit saying Fogarty's not a full forward. It doesn't matter. He's a like-for-like replacement for Tex. And whether you agree with him uh, being in the squad or not, the fact is that they've just signed him for two years. So they obviously see him in our squad. And therefore, if he's in our squad, then he must play in the position that most suits him. And the position that most suits him is that hit-up forward role that Tex has been playing for the last six to eight weeks. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and... Yeah, the other thing too is I totally agree that uh, with both of you uh, that he should have been playing, and because it's also it's about structure. When you looked at the reason why you could see that we weren't going to kick any goals, it was because of the lack of structure. Whereas you know, if, if you've got, uh, we we look at it for Hampton up there, and what else? Yeah. What else? I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. At least you need another bigger body. At least. Uh, doing uh, something up there and and I know his form hasn't been great but uh, as Fiend said our best our best performances have been with um, Phil Thorpe uh, Walker and uh, uh, what's his name um, but, uh, the one we're talking about Fogarty yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got his bloody name I've got who, I've got who we're talking about now. Yeah, but those, it is those three when you've got those three together it is that structure that works a lot better and it doesn't mean that all three are going to all play well, but one of them will, and that's the whole point. Yeah. Any final thoughts, 1990? Uh, final thoughts. Um, I think the other the other thing that was questionable was, um, I've said it a number of times, but um, David McKay getting selected over Will Hamill <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> one's our future, one isn't. Let's, let's get some gains into the guys that in two seasons' time might actually take us forward. Mm-hmm. Um, the back pocket we didn't re- actually pick a back pocket to replace Luke Brown um, so we had a bunch of guys that don't really know how to play on small forwards and the other one was nine, getting um, g- giving the ball 19 times to, to, to Jake Kelly and expecting good things to happen <laughs> oh. <Yeah>. <laughs> very <laughs> good point I mean he actually plays quite well, Kelly, other than one factor. When you give the ball to him, it, the brain processes, it takes about 30 seconds to decide what he's going to do with it. By and then, then it all, just keeps it all, sideways. Yeah, and and all opportunities are covered by then. So uh, opposition, opposition teams, um, they let him get the ball because they I, know what's um, going to happen. I, I can't wait to see uh, uh, Kelly's uh, metres gained because it could actually be negative. Anyway, thanks... Uh, <laughs> Thanks, mate. Always good to hear from you. I'll uh, kick you back to the audience. And uh, we'll just uh, invite Rabbit in here. Rabbit is uh, also an enthusiastic um, contributor. Maka, Rabbit, how you going, mate? Yes, 
Welcome, Rabbit. I'm not bad, fellas. How are you? Good. You might have to just turn yourself up a little bit there, mate, or speak louder or pretend you're watching the crows and yell. Can you hear me better now? Nope. You're very quiet, mate. Maybe back to the audience. I'll turn the volume up. All right. No worries. Uh, Stick your hand up when you're good. All right, Maka. Let's have a look at some head-to-heads, I think, because, um, yeah... <laughs> it's going to be hard to to uh, it's going to be hard to make anything out of this mess, um, but let's see what we can do. All right, oh, hang on, we've got some bloody music going on here. Oh, right, okay. Uh, so disposals. Uh, surprisingly, uh, given how much we kicked the ball in the back half, uh, we got done by. 50 in disposals, 381 to 330. Uh, kicks, 224 to 208. Handballs, 157 to 122. Um, inside 50s, that is disgusting. 61 to 31. And I think, was it 11 inside 50s to half time? <laughs> yes, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, disposal efficiency, who gives a rat's ass? Because... Uh, you know, it's easy to have disposal efficiency when you're just chipping it around in the back half without anyone pushing up on you. Essendon just sat back and waited. They just <laughs> once they worked out what we were. Do- it took Benny Rutten a quarter, I think, to work out what we were trying to do. Um, and uh, after that, it was just like, oh, whatever. We'll let them play, kick it around for a little while, and then we'll just wait for them to turn it over. Um, yeah. I'm just going to zip through these, Mac, because uh, there's not much point in dwelling on them. We all saw the game. Uh, Hitouts, 43-26. to I didn't think Riley O'Brien had that much of an impact, even though he won the hitouts. No, he didn't. Nah, clearances, Essendon's way, 36-30, to uh, including 9-6 to in the centre and 27-24 around stoppage. Uh, contested possession, we're outclassed there, 2 by 20, 124-104. Uncontested possession, surprisingly, again, uh, 247 to 216, so it just shows how much of a cliff we fell off after half-time. Turn- turnovers, 45 to 58, um, and I reckon each of our 58 turnovers <laughs> resulted in a score, just about. Uh, marks, 112 to 108. Marks inside 50, a sad indictment given our selection strategy. Only two marks inside 50 for the game. Mac. Uh, Essendon 13 Essendon 13 marks inside 50 for the game contested two. marks six, yeah 2 for the match Jesus and when we get to the individuals we'll probably find out that they're both small blocks um, contested marks 16 to 7 uh, in Essendon's favour um, what else have we got here tackles 57 to 45 tackles inside 50 3 for the match Mac 3 tackles inside 50 for the match Versus twenty to Essendon. Well, uh, the MEF stats is the one same thing that it was an embarrassing performance, and it actually has done. I think it's done the club a lot of harm actually, because we, we won't get invited to be on a Thursday night, or Friday night, or a Saturday night for a long, long time. We're going to be four, you know, four forties and twelve fifteens and all that sort of stuff. Because uh, do we really care about that shit though? We'll get Friday night games back because we can pack out Footy Park. Or Adelaide Oval, whatever. That's not what I'm worried about. I'm I'm worried about well, I'm worried well, about goes, why they trot that rubbish out. But it does relate to sponsors. Sponsors like to see their uh, 
their money going into a primetime TV. And Mate, that's why do, you reckon I, we're, do you reckon we're struggling with sponsors? I think every club would like more money. There's no question about that. Oh, well, yeah, everyone would love more money, but like... Well, no, given, no, given the fact we would like to build a new facility, we'd, I, we would like as much money I, as possible. I, I, th- I, think, I think what you're talking about is uh, first world problems. The actual problem is what possessed our coaching staff to put that out what what can can we try and work out what possessed our coaching staff to put that out well i that's what i don't, that's what i really really can't understand because what they you'd have to think that they were tanking because if they're not they well, weren't tanking they are stupid PJ Crows, uh, who I suspect is actually uh, um, uh, club president John Olsen in disguise, <laughs> he, okay. he, he reckons they're tanking. Uh, anyway, we've got Rabbit back. How you going, mate? Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. Yeah, mate. How you going? Not too bad. Um, I know I've dumped on the tolls recently. In the last few weeks, I, I thought I'd dump on the smalls this time. Okay. Good on you. It's just a, a broad dumping? Uh, pretty much. I mean, I'll just start off with what I thought was a great stat. At quarter time, Ned McHenry, Sam Berry, and Will Hamill had four disposals and three turnovers between them. Yep. Solid. That's that's not great. <laughs> um, just looking at Will Hamill, I'm, I'm not sure where this is going. I don't know. 1990 thinks he's the future over David McKay. I don't think either of them are the future. I see Will Hamill, and back in his first season, he was dynamic. He would run forward, whereas no one else was running. But he would turn the ball over a lot, and I was willing to give him some leeway because I thought, well, nobody on the team is running. Of course, it's going to turn over. But even now, his turnovers are still... He he looks like a turnover merchant to me, and I think he's a problem. The only thing I'd say to that... Uh, Rabbit, and I don't disagree with you, um, but we had another lad a few years ago like that called Marty Matner, and yep. uh, I th- once he once he got some solid coaching and played within his limitations, um, he turned into a very good player for Sydney. And I, I'm not so worried about Will's uh, propensity to turn it over. What I'm actually worried about is the fact that as soon as someone touches him, he turns into a rag doll. The, the lad has to get stronger. He has to get stronger or else he will spend, he will end up um, uh, retiring from the game early with concussions. He's just too light at the moment. Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. He just gets pushed off the ball so easily. I mean, he's 186. He should have almost the same height as Duday, yet he just gets brushed off by the smalls. Yeah. It wasn't a great wasn't great to see. I, I like Chase Jones' defence. I know we've talked about that before. I think he's our long-term replacement for uh, Luke Brown. Um, the other issue I've got is Ned McHenry. I am i don't see a footballer in him. I know some people think they see something in him, but at halftime I saw somebody's lost child who had made their way onto the field and <laughs> of the gear. He is so small. This is his third year in, and he looks... Smaller in every single way than Luke Pedler and Sam Berry. This was the sort of game that should have suited him. You know, it was, I don't know how damp it was, but everybody was fumbling. It should have suited him, and he was nowhere and nothing. Two tackles for the game. I I don't see him being anything more than a 70-game player who gets passed by when we get some real players in. 
Well, because... Rabbit, I think you might be well right because I'm one of the ones that couldn't see a footballer in him last year. I thought I was seeing a footballer in him uh, in some games earlier this year, but his performance on the weekend was atrocious. He was pretty close to Wog, which is worst on ground. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and you think he'd, he would perform so poorly you wondered why he was out there. I'm not, I'm not willing to jump on Ned just yet because I feel like I feel like he was a victim of the mess that was our transition. Um, it felt like the game was uh, piggy in the middle all game, and we were just we were always a step behind. We were always out of position. Um, we weren't being proactive in terms of the options that we were offering. And I feel like Ned found himself in no man's land a lot of the time. I'm. I think. Um, I, I think there's a small forward opportunity for Ned in the long term, uh, uh, um, to some degree. I don't. I'm not sold on him yet by any stretch, but there are others that I'm more concerned about, and one, uh, the one that I'm really concerned about is James Rowe. Um, you know, it's a romantic story, and he started with a bang, and he does a ride at Adelaide Oval in front of the adoring crowds. But there have been too many games this year for a bloke who, let's face it, um, has to make every post a winner. There's been too many games where he is just absolutely nowhere as a small forward. Nowhere. Well, the interesting thing is that as a small forward, uh, he had 13 disposals on the weekend, scene and he got most of them around the centre. Exactly. And possibly, and, and, uh, possibly even on the other side of centre. Um, I don't remember him getting very many, if any, in the forward line. That, and that's my point. Uh, and Ned's a bit the same, but I think uh, I think uh, of the two of them, I'm happier or less unhappy with McHenry than I am with Rowe because Rowe's in the team as a small forward and, and at the end of the day, we were bombing into into tools uh, for the 30-odd you know, times that we actually got it in there and I don't think I saw Rowe crumb at once. Um, and that's his job. That's his primary KPI. So I I hear what you're saying, Rabbit, about McHenry. I'm still on the fence a little bit, uh, probably leaning towards maybe not. Um, but I'm more concerned about Jimmy Rowe at this stage. Yeah, Rowe seems to do his best work up the ground. Up the ground. He's, yeah. a, he's a lot better in traffic than McHenry has ever been. He seems yep. to be able to have that vision to be able to step through the traffic and put the next pass down. The problem is I don't think he's fast enough for that to be a long-term career option. That's right. And if he's not able to do that and if he's not fast enough or cromming well enough in the forward line, it's, where does he go? Yeah. Okay. yeah exactly. Very good point because he does. He definitely does his best work further up the ground. And, and he's, once the ball is in his hand you know, up forward, he generally does something with it. Um, there's no doubt about that. But um, if he is going to become a permanent fixer in our side, he will have to, A, I still think he's got a little bit of puppy fat around the middle. He's got to harden up a bit with a bit of weight. And he's also got to uh, do some, a lot of speed running over the, um, the summer so that he can move much more quickly. And then play his role up forward and do it properly because um, at the moment he won't last long if he's going to play it as he is at the moment. 100%, Macca. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Um, 
it's a big worry in my in my opinion that small forward spot actually at the moment it's uh something we're gonna have I see to fix. worries all over the ground so oh yeah of course uh, and look let's let's um let's not get too carried away here in terms of we are still dealing with a lot of youth um but by the same token there are certain times i think where you can just see the writing on the wall for certain players and uh, I think what we're talking about here is definitely uh, uh, a few players where you can kind of... I'm willing to make a call on a couple of players fairly early out. Yeah, but we can't front up with a forward line looking like that because... Um, no, that's exactly right, Mac. I, I don't know. You, can, you could, could mess around with other combinations and probably come up with something that was half reasonable, but... Uh, not that combination where you've got Frampton as your main man and not much else. Yeah. Robert, final thoughts, um, mate? Yeah, it's just of the forward line. I, I think once Walker is out, it, it didn't really matter. I don't think we have, aside from Thorpe, who is sort of going through a little bit of a end of first season slump at the moment, I don't think there's anybody else we've got in the squad, aside from not having seen Cook or Gallant yet, that would have made a difference. As soon as Walker was out, that, that was it. Um, You're right. Fogarty doesn't make a difference. I don't think Frampton makes a difference. Even if Himmelberger played, he doesn't make a difference. Our small forwards, I mean, are no good. The only one, the best of our small forwards, I think, is Murphy, and he was coming in off of one game, so he was never going to be there. So my next line, he was the best of the smalls, and he, and he hasn't got much be a match practice behind him, so that really is uh, condemns the others a lot. Hmm. Um, I would have liked to have seen them change it up a bit and chuck Ben Davis up forward for a little while. Um, we just we seemed to stick with a game plan that was just so one-dimensional. Um, our forward line was completely one-dimensional. We we lacked uh, a hit-up target. Uh, Frampton was trying to provide that, um, but he's not a dynamic player, so when he does have ball in hand, it doesn't move on quickly. Uh, I would have liked to have seen uh, Davis used a little bit up forward. Um, but I don't disagree with you, mate. Um, once Tex was out, it was going to be a little bit of a bridge too far based on the selection of the team. I think uh, we've spoken about Gallant and um, Cook and Rabbit, I reckon, uh, get get hands on some SANFL footage, uh, particularly over the last three or four weeks because those lads are really starting to come on now. Hopefully they get a go soon. All right, thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rabbit. Cheers. Don't forget, anyone else in the chat who wants to have their say uh, throughout this little part of the discussion, please put your hand up. There's a little icon down the bottom just to raise your hand, and uh, we will definitely have you on because very interested to hear what other people have got to say because, Macca, surprisingly, we're not always right. Have you, have you, like, can you get your head around that for a minute? No, I'm, I'm staggered, mate. <laughs> hey, have, you, have you been drinking? Hey, have I been drinking? <laughs> yeah. I wish, I wish I had been drinking on Friday night. All right, look, I don't want to spend too much time on individuals because it was all played shit, really, but uh, let's focus a little bit on a couple. Uh, again, Rory Laird gets 33 touches. Um this week, though, only 215 metres gained for those 33 touches. 12 kicks, 21 handballs, 5 tackles, uh, 6 clearances. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what people always say about him. You mentioned it, the distance most weeks, but 
to fair, in fairness to Leedy, he gets tough balls. He doesn't get too many uh, out in the open, yeah. and he's usually got people hanging off of him. So getting a kick away is pretty good for Leedy because he, he, there's no doubt about it, he is uh, he and Keyes are the two they target. Keyes was actually heavily tagged this week too. Yeah. Well, and the thing of it is, um, with a bloke like Laird, who for mine is far more dynamic as an inside ball winner than uh, someone like Matt Crouch, for example... We need to yep. put pace around him, and that's why I 100% agree exactly. with you. 100% agree with you that having three coal-faced players like Sloan, um, uh, Led, and Keys in the same rotation uh, just doesn't make any sense to me. And maybe it's maybe it's cattle. I don't know, uh, but I think Barry is a, Barry is uh, dynamic enough. You could play him as an outside midfielder at this stage of his career. He obviously will go and get his own ball. But he's also shown that he's not bad out in the open either. Um, Harry Schoenberg, I think it was a good move, one of the few, to have Schoenberg trailing Parrish. I had Chewy as our best or at least most effective player um, uh, for the game. Um, and he can do some damage on the outside as well. He's, we've spoken about how creative he is, but uh, there's not a, not a lot else. Well, actually, you know, the move of uh, Sean, Schoenberg onto Parrish was really actually a masterstroke because um, Parrish has been in outstanding form and is reading where the ball is, and he was taking Schoenberg to the ball. Exactly. At, to the point where Schoenberg at the end was getting so confident he started beating him to the ball. And, uh, I, and I agree with you. In terms of effectiveness, he was probably our best player. It would be a toss-up between him and Laird because Laird was all courage getting hard balls. Schoenberg was showing us what a class player he's going to be down the track. And uh, I, that, that, he was probably the highlight of the game for me. Yep. Uh, well, it wasn't hard, but he definitely was. Um, the fact that uh, Jake Kelly got 19 touches is an indictment. <laughs> I'm amazed that he got 300 metres gained. Um, I don't know where that came from. Um you know, we only had, what's that, one, two, three, five blokes over 20 touches. Uh, Schoenberg, Keyes, who had 25. Seisman, who had... Mac, I'm, a lot of people think that I'm hard on Paul Seisman. But again, well, I just felt that was a nothing game by Paul Seisman. I disagree. Um, I thought that um, he can come off the ground and say at least he had a crack, mate. And there's a few of them that can't say that they did that. Um, and he, uh, I think, I don't know what he, but I'm sure that he gained a lot of uh, metres as usual, probably about 600-odd. That's what he normally does. 500 and something, I think. 527. Okay. That's a bit down on what he normally does. Um, but, no, I, I thought that um, he, we don't have many best players and he, he'll be in our best players. And I thought that he was at least... At times, he looked like a footballer that was going to do something, and he did take them on at times. So, Look, he um, had the most score. Really... I am hard on him. He had the most score involvements of any of our blokes on the on the team. He had four inside fifties from his possession count. Um, you know, disposal efficiency sixty three percent. I look. There's one or two things with Seedsman. It's either we're not using him correctly, or he's not, or he's a one-dimensional player. Because I've I've shown, and I apologise to to 
to Razor that I just didn't have it in me to do a bloody inside 50s breakdown this week. I was going to. I was so steamed on Friday night. Um, but uh, I just couldn't be bothered watching the bloody thing again. <laughs> but I know from having watched it and taken note the first time, the amount of inside 50s macker that lob in that 40 to 50 metre zone and come straight back out. And Paul Seedsman is responsible for a lot of those entries. And, oh, and they are useless right entries. No, he is responsible for a lot of those entries. Now, it would help if he had somebody to kick to. It would help if the players had spread and given him the opportunity to kick to them. He can only do what he can do. He can't go down, run down there and market himself. But it, it, if you look at it, the number of opportunities he got that he could have actually kicked to a player on, on his own or given them the opportunity, they were rare. That's so bloody rare. Thing. He just couldn't do that. He, he's doing his part of the equation. He just hasn't got the other part to give it to. Well, look, I'll agree with you that... Um the way in which we moved the ball and transitioned the ball didn't allow for our forward 50 or our forward line to spread. But Paul Seedsman never looks back inside the corridor. He never lowers his eyes to hit up a 20-metre target. He's always kicking the 50-metre bomb. Always, uh, Maka, always. Uh, he, does, he does try the occasional short one, but he. Does, but I think he is more valuable when he does the long one if we have somebody there to get the ball. No. Uh, I mean, if, look, if you had a good forward line, he would be a great asset to the team. But uh, that forward line, it wouldn't have mattered. He just but it's, the, that not the, it's, not the, it's not the first time, Macca. This has happened irrespective. And the times that we've been effective in our forward 50 entries is when blokes have lowered their eyes, when we have turned back into the corridor, when we have changed lanes on transition, allowing our forward line to spread and get separation. The reason why blokes like Riley Thilthorpe and Billy Frampton and those blokes are ineffective is because the ball gets dumped on their head at 45 metres they're all in the same spot because the ball has just come down the line again. They're not able to get separation from their defenders. Our transition work is absolutely horrible at times. And when we win games of football, it's generally when our transition is far more dynamic, when we change lanes, when we're moving the ball from defence to attack, when we hit up short targets and take that one extra possession in transition. Remember how earlier in the season when I was doing that analysis how we were entering forward 50 from centre or behind centre and when we became more effective with our forward 50 entries it's when we were entering forward 50 from in front of centre and what it boils down to is that we are always one possession short in our transition and that's why the ball bounces out so quickly all the time. Yeah, but you know, it, it's not just Seedsman. It, it's it's a it's the whole structure of the whole thing. In a in a team that had a, a dynamic forward line making spaces, uh, I could t- he could be a very de- uh, valuable weapon. Uh, I don't see him. Look, I I know what you're saying is right in terms of what happens in fact, but the point is that he's actually done good work getting the ball. At times, he's kicked it to where, yeah. If he's given the opportunity to kick it to somebody, he would. 
But, you know, he can't kick it to when there's just a big pack. That's all he can kick to. We're so, 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 what, so what you're saying is that I'm factually correct? No, I'm not <laughs> saying you're factually You correct. said I was correct in fact. In fact, incorrect that nothing happens out of the kick. <laughs> that's not his bloody fault. If he, if he had uh, a lead sitting out on its own and he ignored it, then you'd be right. But he's done his, his job in terms of getting the bloody ball. And he got a lot of time. And good luck to where he's going to kick yeah. it to because nobody made the spaces. Yeah. 1990 Crow uh, is trying to get the job as the, the uh, stage manager for the Crowcast. Get stuff 1990. If I want to talk about Paul Seisman for 45 minutes, I bloody well will. <laughs> Yeah, I had him. I had him. At, I had. <laughs> I've been told to clock you with a mailbox. Yeah, right. <laughs> my card it got stolen. It got stolen. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I had season as my third uh, third best. Yeah. Well, congratulations. It wasn't hard. <laughs> uh, Sloney, we've talked about. Uh, we we'll, look. I look. I, I. I don't want to talk about the players too much because I'm just totally gobsmacked about the coaching and selection. And to me. What happened with the players on the weekend was a direct result of selection and coaching. And so, yes, we had players down. We had, uh, as I mentioned, when NT was on, um, you know, a bloke like Ned McHenry running around like headless chooks because they were out of position so often and chasing tail. I think that came down to the game plan that was implemented for this particular match. And I don't know whether the... I mean... Nick's came on his presser afterwards and I don't know whether this came from and the players need to be accountable and blah, blah, blah. That's not right, in my opinion. That's not right. They The coaches bought a game style and a, a, a team that was not capable of kicking a score to win that game of football. It's on the bloody coaches, in my opinion. Oh, well, it's on both. It's on both. But uh, the coaches started it and gave them a task that, the, that they weren't capable of achieving. And... Uh, the more they weren't capable of achieving, the worse they got. Yeah. Uh, there's not too many others that I want to talk about. Um, Luke Pedler, uh, probably uh, a bit quieter than his original game, but uh, nice to see him still out no. there. Yeah, I thought he was poor. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wasn't I just, poor. He was just uh, absent, I think. Yeah, I, um, I, yeah I, I expected more from him. Sam Berry only got three touches for the game, Macca. Yeah, now, if that's if it. that's no, no, no. But if that's not a waste of a lad sitting in in forward pocket, then I don't know what is. Sam Berry is far more useful for our team at the moment, and he needs to be involved in more contests. And I, I'm hundred percent with you in the fact that he needs to be a, a bigger part of our centre rotations, as we said earlier. And yep. surely the coaches at halftime see his disposal count and think to themselves, "We've got to get this lad into the game." Yeah, see, it's not again it's, uh, the coaching off the bench. Not it was bad before the game in selection. It was bad during the game with the game plan. It was bad not uh, spotting all these things. I mean, we we are nobodies, and we can spot that these players aren't in the game. I could, you, know, you could see that Barry was just, as uh, Surf says, he's just been wasted. He's just sitting there. He's just he's standing like a bloody statue, not involved in the game. And, you know, Pedler's playing his second league game, and, I mean, he wasn't on the ball very often as well. And, I mean, he, his opportunities to get involved were very, very poor. And um, 
yeah, you, it's very, very. It must be very, very uh, disheartening for young players just playing game one, game two, game three, and playing in a game of that style because they're just not, they're just not really playing a game. They just they, they must they must start doubting themselves. They must start doubting the team. It's just not good. Yeah. Well, I, look, if I was a player that had been presented with that game plan against a team who uh, are in a similar stage of their development, who are only one above us on the ladder. If I was handed that playbook and gone, this is how we're going to play, I'd be scratching my head going, well, this is, this is, this is a pointless exercise. You know, the coach doesn't believe in us. The coach doesn't believe that we can play our style of football and beat Essendon. We have to, we have to basically try to shut them down and keep the ball away from them. I mean, for God's sake, it... There's there's not a an AFL player on the planet who would who would buy into that game style. Well, that, and that, and that's totally true. It's totally true. I mean, and and I don't know why the they have so little faith in the players because yeah we don't have the greatest team on earth and we did have a couple of good players out but we have taken some big scalps this year. I think we've taken well, three big scalps. And generally, that's been when we've played a dynamic game of football. You know, a dynamic style of football. And yes, we didn't have techs, but we could have attempted to play the same style of football using Fogarty and and maybe bringing Tom Lynch in uh, as the uh, as the other lead up to keep that basic configuration. You know, instead of Tex and Fog, it's Fog and Lynch with with Riley. You know, um, we could have brought in Lockie Gallant. We could have brought in Braden Cook as that lead up. We need to get Sam Berry more involved. Why didn't they give Harry a, a half on Parish and then say, "All right, Sam, now it's your turn," and and give um, give Harry a bit of freedom on the outside to try and create something? You know why? What was the purpose in picking Lockie Murphy? Really, I don't I don't know what the purpose of picking Lockie Murphy was. To be perfectly honest with you, um, you know, uh, there's so many why, so many questions that you only basically get to the point that PJ Crows was saying at the beginning of the cast and all through the game that it was an out-and-out tank. That's the only plausible explanation that, that there was. It was an out-and-out tank. Well, if it, was, if it wasn't, it was a shocking coaching performance because it looked like a tank, the selection looked like a tank, and the performance looked like a tank. Um and if if it, if that's not right, then he was. I don't know yeah. what to make of it. Yeah. Uh, but are you, I think you can. I think you can uh, count on Tommy Lynch being back this week too. I mean, we have to because there was no connection between the back and you're talking about Seaman, for example. Who who was he going to kick to? Well, you know, there's no there was no connection. Well, that's why I wanted Ben Davis to get a run up forward, mate. And he should have been up forward, not as a hit up up forward. Um, you know. So, uh, you know, in in winding that up, I'm, you know, I'm I'm dark on the players. It's our lowest ever score, yada yada yada. But I think they were set up to fail by the coaching panel, um, inexplicably set up to fail by the coaching panel. Um, I think it's dangerous for a coaching panel to send out a team like that with that mindset because you can very very easily lose a bit of trust. Uh, from the players if you start setting them up like that um, I, it's just a dirty weekend all around in my opinion Well I love the comment by Sir we are too incompetent to take <laughs> <laughs> Look 
Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think that game did our players a lot of good, quite frankly, in terms of anything. I mean, if if, if it was a deliberate tank, it was an unnecessary one because I don't think we would have won the game anyhow. Um, and if that wasn't a tank, and then certainly that it goes back to the fact that the players did not believe in the game plan that they'd been asked to do. Um, I'm starting to wonder. They... I'm starting to worry, Mac, that our coaching staff at times think they're smarter than what they actually are because there's been a few times this season we've had the tom lynch medical sub fiasco early in the year we've had a couple of other weird selections you know going short in defense dropping a second uh, key defender etc etc and i'm just starting to worry that between the three of them they're just at times getting a bit too cute with this whole thing um, because we had... Nix's mantra is that he wants players to be able to show their weapons and yet I don't think he picked a team at, uh, this week and and chose a game style this week that enabled our players to show their weapons. Uh, even uh, as good as it was to see Harry um, stitch up Darcy Parrish... You know, it didn't really allow us to see Harry's weapons until Harry got off the chain later on in the match. But, you know, what what Sam Berry got to do to show his weapons? What's Riley Thilthorpe got to do to show his weapons? You know, these blokes are not being put in a position... Tom Duda has been hung out to dry this year by selection, you know, where he's often been forced to lock down on a tall, uh, tall forward. Yeah, I'm. St- I, it's just starting to niggle at me now. It's becoming a trend rather than an aberration, Maka. What do you think about that? Well, I can't argue with that because uh, the do- the day one, for example, has been a shocker in my opinion. I mean, um, they finally did realise it's better to bring Murray in and put uh, Duda in his right rightful spot. He got injured, unfortunately, but it would have gone a lot, lot better if he, if, you know, Duda had stayed on. So that was. One where they at least did realise that they'd made an error, um, but yes, it took them losing games and uh, and uh, giving away easy goals when they should never have done it. When people who aren't as involved in us and only looking from the outside and don't know all the ins and outs can work that out, surely with all of the fact uh, the facts at their fingertips, they should be able to work that out too. And, and as you said, sometimes I think they try to be a bit too cute, a little bit too smart. And when you do that, it always backfires. Yeah. And I'm also a bit concerned um, about how they're bringing in our our youth. Um, You know, I understand that we need experience in certain positions and it's been great, um, you know, to see techs come on and all the rest of it. But I'll ask you a couple of questions. Have we been any the worse for Jordan Butts being our main key defender this year? Oh, no, actually, that's a, a massive positive, actually. Uh, no, so, so that's, and, I've just asked you a series of questions, Mac. So have we, have we been worse for having a young lad be our key position defender this year? No. Fantastic move, yeah. yeah. We're very happy with him. Have we benefited, apart from on the scoreboard, with having Tex as our main forward? Yes. Do you think? Yes, we have. Apart from the scoreboard. 
apart from the scoreboard, well, probably from a long-term point of view, no. But from the current point of view, yes. Well, that's what I'm... I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down here, Macca. The scoreboard, the scoreboard this year is irrelevant, okay? It's great individually for Techs to be able to kick some goals and, and reinvent and all the rest of it. But what value, apart from the scoreboard, has there been having Techs as our main focus up forward? Uh, yes. I mean, it just, just, just as somebody has said, Firewalker says, it, we've wallpapered the same cracks from previous years. So, what, yes, you're, you're right. What value have we had from having Rory Sloan attend every centre bounce? None. Okay. So, it worries me that we've got blokes like Jake Kelly, blokes like David McKay, blokes like... Um, you know, Rory Sloan, um, you know, even at, at stages, Luke Brown, when he was struggling with his injury, um, you know, I, I'm sure Matt Crouch would be getting selected if he was fit. Um, I know we can't put a team of kids out on the park. I know that. But I'm starting to worry about the overall strategy of uh, this selection paddle, this match committee. Uh, with regards to how we transition this team into being a premiership contender within the next three to four years? Uh, well, it's actually going to, going to be a difficult job. It might be... Uh, I don't think it'll be three years. I think it will be more like four to five years because we don't... We're starting on, on such a low base up forward, for example. Um, and, Hugh, and on we- YouTube chat, I'm not slagging Tex. I'm slagging the selection policy. I'm not slagging Tex. Tex has been great for Tex and for the scoreboard this year. But I think what, what you're really Tex. saying, Fiend, is is that while they've made the most out of some of the players this year, it hasn't necessarily helped us for the long term. But I suppose, and you're right about that, but is it best to... All paper the cracks so that the young lads can actually get some confidence in their game and uh, get some belief that they can play football, or do you send out all young lads and get them they get uh, absolutely pantsed, yeah. uh, and, and then you've got they probably don't develop into the future as they should. Yeah. I think your lad, young players do have to believe that there that there is a future in there, and at the moment they. And until this weekend, they obviously did believe there's a future in there. Now, I'm hoping that uh, we pick a better team um, and that the lads just do try and play and give them a, a much better game plan to play and that the lads can actually go back to giving 100% and 100% effort and making us look like a footy team on the up rather than one that's just a... Let, a let, me, ask you, let, let me ask you this question, Macca. If experience in our forward line was so important for the development of our kids up forward, then why wasn't Tom Lynch brought in for Tex Walker? Um, I don't know whether Tom's fit enough for it at this stage. Um, it he is fit enough. He, he, is, he is fit enough. He's played two games in the twos. He's kicked goals. Well, 
Well, he would have been the logical move, I think, because he would have played a similar type of role, not as good as... So does, that, so does that tell you that it's absolute rubbish when the word we need experience in the team gets trotted out? Because we lose we lose Luke Brown and we lose Tex Walker and we bring in kids. Right? It's not true. And this is what worries me, right? There's no consistency in what's been what's been put forward here. Because Tex Walker needed to be replaced either like for like with Darcy Fogarty or if or if uh, experience was a, was a thing, uh, it needed to mm-hmm. be Tom Lynch. Even if it was just for Tom Lynch's experience, Riley lead there, Billy lead up, whatever you know. Just I agree. just for, so that's what I'm concerned about. There's no inc- there's no consistency, Macca, um, with what they're putting forward. Uh, they're using cliches and uh, furfies to justify selections. Now, Tex has been fantastic, but has any of our other forwards benefited from having tax, Tex there? Has Riley Thilthorpe or um, or uh, Darcy Fogarty, Darcy Fogarty in particular, right, benefited from Tex Walker being there? I would say no. I would say that Tex Walker thinks that Darcy Fogarty is the biggest inhibitor for him playing another 50 games of AFL football. And I would say that Tex Walker would rather see Darcy Fogarty permanently in the twos, right? He's shown that he wants to keep playing. I don't... I don't. Something's starting to smell for me. I don't think I'd go that far. Um, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I also do believe that you can only put a certain amount of youth in there and you get to the stage where no, but, you can no, cross but the line. You, you just, you're just missing my point because what you said is exactly right. So why didn't they pick Tom Lynch? Why did we go with such... Have a look at our um, our forward line. Our forward yeah, well, that's why we think they were tanking. Sam, well, Sam Berry, Riley Thilthorpe, Billy Frampton, Lockie McMurphy, Harry Schoenberg, Ned McHenry. That's our forward line. How many games... There's less than 100 games worth of AFL football there out of the six of them. Yeah. And the sad thing is you've got Phil Thorpe playing, what, how many games he played about? Eight or nine games, maybe mm. ten. And and he's getting the number one defender now. So, I mean, uh, he, forget Frampton, he didn't get the number one defender. Phil Thorpe gets the number one defender. So, and, why, uh, so why wouldn't you, why would you leave Riley Phil Thorpe camped at full forward all game well, that, when he's got the wheels, right, he's got the skills below his knees, and yet who, who we got hitting up the whole week, uh, the whole game, it's bloody Billy Frampton. We've got another person yep. here that wants to have a bit of a say. Animal, I'll just invite yeah, last, you in, mate. Yeah, just last point is I would have put uh, Phil Thorpe onto the wing and let him have a run around there and get just get some confidence and get some ball. 100%. Animal, I've uh, given you the green light there, mate, so if you just want to um, accept that invitation, there you go. How are you going? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, good, mate. How are you going? Okay. Oh, so I'm, uh, I'm on my headphones, so I wasn't sure if it would be clear or not. No, it's perfect. Clear as a bell, mate. No, I just wanted to, <clears throat> um, what you were saying about Tex Walker being in the team before. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I just find it interesting that you feel like there's no long-term benefit from having him playing, but I genuinely believe having him in the forward line helps everyone around him to be better and helps to, them to gain some experience, really. It's like, I think he's a good guy to learn from. He's, he's a natural leader. I mean, 
Um, he's shown he's been a really good leader in the past. He's won has the he? captain's awards. Has, has he? Well, he won two captain's awards. Yeah, but that's but that's, that's not from within, though. He, he was known to be very divisive during uh, 2018 and 2019. Um, Darcy Fogarty, who should be his understudy, has not benefited one scrap from Tex Walker, in my opinion. Do you think that's Texas fault? Do you reckon well, that might be something on Darcy's end? Well, it could be a bit of both, but has Tex made it any better? Well, it's, the, the point I was sort of trying to get to is that there's no benefit from having the team being thumped every week. They're not going to learn. I, I, I was really happy with the progress of the team earlier in the year, having these, even the games that we were losing because we we're fighting them out and we we're yeah. showing, you know, showing to be like a good scrappy team and having someone like Tex in the team to sort of inspire the, the young kids to sort of dig in a little deeper has shown in the past to be super valuable. And I agree, I agree that, getting goals on the scoreboard this year isn't necessarily important, but it's also important that we don't end up just getting our ass stumped every week because we, if you wouldn't want to get into that rut that teams like Carlton and, you know, okay. they have got into where they are, you know, cons- consistently losing it every year and just chewing up the best talent in the competition all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we want to we want to go to the bottom for a year or two and then bounce back real quick like Brisbane stumped. Do you know what I mean? Well, no, I think I'm, if we I'm, don't have text there, like, how are we going to do that? I agree. I'm on the same page as you. Um, Bean's right that, it, that, you know, he's not part of the future, the long, very long-term future. No, but, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, I also agree with you. You have to have experience around you uh, when you're a young lad to, to, to uh, yeah. help, help you develop your own game. And... Uh, you know, the more you've got, more games you play, the better you get and the, the less you need of these experienced players. But at the moment, we've got so many players that haven't played 20 games. I think, I can't remember what they said it was. 10, 11, mm, it was a lot. It was yeah. a lot. So you, 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 you must have some experience out there. I also agree yeah. with Fee that we, that we uh, you know, we made a mistake by uh, not bringing Lynch in. I thought, you know, that would have been a much better... Uh, I, I agree with that. I think we should have had Lynch in there just to sort of steady the forward line a bit. And I agree with you that also Fogarty should have definitely been playing, but um, I don't know. I just I don't think we should be pulling the pin on Tex at any stage. I mean, obviously they're not going to because they've resigned him, but uh, I, I don't I don't see anyone else in the team that is is the leader that he is. Even though Sloan's the captain, he doesn't seem to inspire the team like Tex does at, at times. I agree. I, I agree with that, and I'm not necessarily saying that Tex shouldn't be playing. Right. What I'm saying okay. is that the role that Tex is playing at the moment, he is the number one forward. And yeah. when when uh, blokes are coming through transition, it's and you know that's not Tex's fault to, to a degree because that's the player he is. Yeah. But yeah. there needs there needs to be. Um, I, I'm not all I'm seeing at the moment from selection. Oh shit! I just got cramp in my leg. That's terrible. <laughs> I just about kicked my computer over. Then um, all I'm seeing at the moment is Tex remaining the number one forward. Um, I think Riley Thilthorpe is struggling uh, to find where he sits and where he needs to run. Uh, Darcy Fogarty has struggled for a couple of years, I think, because uh, of Tex's presence. And let's not forget that last season, Macker, and the season before, we were calling for Tex to retire. 
you know. Yeah, but you, but you know, we are very fickle people, and no, we call no. it. Well, you know, I wasn't one hundred percent with that either, to be honest. I thought Dex was the only one close to doing anything for us last year, even though he wasn't great. But like, I mean, we had a pretty bad year, and he was. I think he was the only person close to being a decent fault we had for the last year. Yeah. The thing is, though, that Darcy Fogarty is going to be, what, five years into his career now by the time that Tex retires, assuming he retires after the end of next season. That's maybe even six years into his career. That's six seasons on an AFL list, Darcy Fogarty. Um, mm. And we've just signed him for two more. We've basically said to him, you know, um, we want you to keep waiting. We want you to keep waiting. Um mm. Uh, Billy Fourrise is particularly pissed off with me on the chat. <laughs> yeah. um, we're here to criticise, Billy. Uh, that's what we're here for. We're here to critique. And, uh, you know, he uh, he didn't ruffle feathers down at the Crows in 2018. And, and Mucky, you know this, don't you? He's He split the playing group, Tex Walker, in 2018. Yeah. Well, yes. He did. He split the playing group. So but that's well, that's in the back in the past, mate. That's no, no, no. But people, no, but I'm just responding to someone on the chat saying that you know he, he ruffled a few feathers. It was far more than that. Far more than that. Tex Walker. He split the playing group down the middle. So um, anyway. I don't want to belabor the point any further. Uh, Animal, did you have anything else you wanted to say before we kick out? No, I was just sort of making that point that I think, you know, is, I, I agree, he's definitely not part of the future, but I just, I, I worry that there's the chance we end up in this team that struggles to get out of the bottom four for a few yeah. years, and I don't think that's that's a good way for us to sort of bounce back. Like, if, if the Crows end up in the bottom four, uh, still by 23 or 24, the the future of the club could be very different to what we are all assuming it will be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, look, I agree. Look, uh, point well made, mate, and uh, it's great to have a new face uh, coming on board. So I really appreciate you coming on. Don't make it your last time because uh, you made a lot well, it's of not my, It's not my first time. I, uh, I called up a while ago and told you the story about the... Um, uh, you remember the 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 guy who was having the date behind me, and this woman only knew. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's so right. Even though I'm new to your little Discord server, I'm a little bit yeah. of a long time listener. But... Yeah. Uh, good on you, mate. Well, good to have you back on again. And uh, yeah, no take it easy. Cheers. All right, thanks, mate. Cheers. Well, I've certainly split the playing group, Macca, when it comes to talking about Macca about text. Um, I would not- no, well, you also did did that earlier as well with Seedsman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, highly unlikable. I mean, somebody, uh, somebody uh, added Seedsman in text. Yeah, but that's all right. But, but, that's, but that's what it, that, what's what football is. Everybody has an opinion. It's like yeah. ourselves. We've all got one. And yeah. uh, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad and sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong. But, but you know, have an opinion. But, you know, Mac, it, it's been the strength of this podcast for years and years and years has been the people on the chat because um, Love them. what what we do is generate discussion and people on the chat come up with some fantastic points and it's what makes this podcast so good. It's what it's the reason why being able to do it 
live and get that live interaction with people why it's such a bonus uh, and i love doing it and uh, i make no apologies for my opinions but i'm happy to accept that uh, they're probably wrong <laughs> misguided <laughs> misguided and uh, uh, i bow down to the uh, general consensus of the live studio audience chat <laughs> and you can all get stuff uh, anyway um all right mac well- one more, probably, you know, I know we're getting towards the end, but one question, Faye. Yeah. What changes would you make for next week? Uh, well, I'd definitely have uh, Billy out um, for Fogarty. Um, yes. I would definitely have uh, Lockie Murphy out and give Lockie oh, Galat. I thought he was all right. Uh, uh, whatever. Um, you asked me what I'd do. Uh, Lockie Murphy out. That's all right, yeah, go on, yeah. Lockie Murphy or Ned McHenry out for um, Lockie Gallant. Okay, right. I want I want Sam Berry in the midfield rotations. Um, I would love to see. Well, Tom Diday is going to be a force change. Uh, whether we get Josh Worrell in for him or whether we have a look at Young Borlace, I'm not sure. Uh, that'll be an interesting selection. Who have we got next week? We've got. Um, Who's it next week? Uh, oh, have a look. I have no, I know. Eagles, yeah. Oh, Eagles. Yeah, we know. Right. Now, where yeah. will that be played? Oh, they'll be played over there, won't it? No, no, no. That'll be home, Adelaide. Oh, it's a home game. Yeah, home game, yeah. Well, you know, the way that West Coast play on the right, yes, it is, because I was thinking we would be half a chance. That was before we played this weekend. Um, I, was thinking oh, well, that, I, don't, uh, I don't think form line really matters so much at the moment. It seems to change from week to week. So, you know, every game's a new game. Yeah, uh, you know, the other thing is, uh, well, I would do exactly what you said. Um, uh, not Murphy, I, I'd... I just think that uh, Ned McHenry, I'd, I'd give, well, although it was only one bad game. Look, Fogarty's got to come in. Bratton's got to go out. That's a definite. Yeah. Um, we need to get rid I of McHenry that, or Murphy and bring in either Lynch or uh, for experience, no, if that was a thing, or young um, Lockie Gallant. Well, maybe why not both? <laughs> Well, then you're dropping McHenry and Murphy, but then all of a sudden you're starting to worry. You 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 can start to worry about your forward line pressure. Maybe Jimmy Rowe comes out. Yeah, I, I thought that. I know that he hasn't been where he should be, but at least he's getting more possessions. And when he does get them, he uses them. On that game, I'd drop I'd drop McHenry uh, okay. on that game. All right. Well, maybe Ned just needs a little bit of rest in the twos. Um, and- in the uh, back lines? Well, back lines, as I said, today's are forced out. So it's either going to be Josh Worrell or uh, Borlase, in my opinion. Um, you'll probably How's Mackersey been going? Yeah, okay. But Mackersey's another tall defender. Do we need another tall defender or do we need a mid-sized defender? Because otherwise, again, we're going to be pretty stodgy out back. Tom Diday plays that intercept role, don't forget, and that's really important against West Coast when you've got Darling leading up and, uh, you know, Kennedy uh, strong on the lead as well. You need someone that can... uh, You need someone that can cut across. So, uh, 
Yeah, I'm not sure about. I, I, I'd have. I'd give Young Ball Ace a run. You know, um, personally, I don't think he's been terrible. Um, apart from that, we're probably struggling a little bit down back to make too many other changes. Um, Will Hamill worries me. Jake Kelly, obviously, we've talked about his limitations. Um, you know, it doesn't look like Luke Brown will come back in. I don't think. Um, Luke Peddler probably stays in. So yeah, they're they're the changes I'd make. But mostly up forward, and we've we've spoken so much about uh, tonight about the forward line being cooked. Um, I think that's where most of the changes will make be made uh, with just the force change from today. Um, a um, few people mentioning Newchurch just to round that off. Sorry, Mac. I, Newchurch is so light and so raw, and I just don't. I think we would be setting him up. To, I don't think he's ready yet, to be honest, from what no, I've not, seen in the trees. He's not this year. He's next year. I think so. Uh, at, at the earliest. What do you think of the uh, one of the suggestions in the chat was to give uh, uh, Rob a rest and bring in uh, Strawn, who apparently has been dominating in the sandfall. Strawny did the really well. Game. did really well in the sandfall last year as well. He's not an AFL ruckman macker. I would much rather than give Rob a rest and, and run Elliot Himmelberger's first ruck. To be perfectly honest with you. Well, uh, 1990 Crow likes the idea. He said he's earned a chance and he's gone up a level this year. Uh, he's not, apparently he's, he has been... Do- he's I not an got, he played a, Well, he played one game last year and he didn't go there all that well. But uh, I don't know. I think Ruckman are a very, very scarce thing and very, very hard to get. And... Um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hurt just to play him once, just to see how he goes. We're, we're, we're we've done gonna... that. We've done that. He's not an AFL ruckman. Not you saw year, it last. Man. You saw it last year, Macca. He's not an AFL ruckman. <laughs> Somebody disagrees. They said might as well play D Mac in ruck. Um, well, yeah, so, year, well, if you're going to play Strawn, you may as well play D Mac in ruck. Well. Kieran Strong is not an AFL... Well, I don't know that, but he's not an AFL ruckman. Yeah, well... Himmelberg can ruck. He's more mobile around the ground. Kieran Strong will get absolutely torched around (laughs) the ground. Don't forget who we're playing. We're playing Nick Natanui, and you want to put put Kieran Strong around the ground against Nick Nat? He will get destroyed, Macca. Absolutely destroyed. Well, I think in second thoughts, not this game. Well, you asked about this game, so no, absolutely not. No, not not this game. No, I withdraw, it, I withdraw the comment. If you, if you want to, if you want to rest Rob this week, uh, then it has to be uh, someone with mobility, and the only one we've got is Elliot Himmelberg. Yeah, no, I, well, I wouldn't worry me later in the year if, uh, against somebody else. Uh, so it's even been against Eston Ruckman, for example, this week, but uh, Draper. Who's only mm. a boy himself? Mm. Uh, that would have been a perfect uh, time to try it, but no, certainly not against Nan Nui. Mm. He would think he was having Christmas yeah. and Easter all at once. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, yeah. So that—that's what do you what do you think will happen? Do you think anything different apart from what I said? No, I, I think I think you've probably got it pretty right. All right. Well, it doesn't look, look like anyone else wants to have a say on the live studio audience. It's been uh, a really good show um, 
tonight. I've enjoyed the chat. I've enjoyed the controversy, Macca. Um, oh, that gotta have a bit of that. Well, uh, I don't mind it at all. Look, I uh, have to thank everyone who's joined us on Discord and YouTube uh, and Twitch. Uh, and who's joined us in the live studio audience um, you'll see up on the screens at the moment I've got uh, our thanks to all the people who have supported us on Patreon uh, it's so appreciated the, the financial support that people have given us on Patreon it really helps um, keep this quality production going Macca um, so thanks to everyone there if you want to uh, kick in a couple of bucks uh, go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast um, aside from that Macca I reckon we might be done. I reckon we're just about done. So on that note, out there to <laughs> everybody, thank you for your comments for the night. And no, uh, much appreciated. See you later. Much appreciated. Thanks, guys. Good night.